Welcome to Going in Circles, a brand new podcast, mostly about horse racing, but we'll probably jump into some other topics as well. This isn't going to be your typical horse racing podcast, as we are going to do some interviews, I'm sure, but we're not going to interview the same old boring people that always get interviewed, and we're not going to let people speak, trainers speak, or say the usual boring, mundane nonsense. What we want to do is we want to tell stories about things that happen behind the scenes, about things that have happened to us in the past. And we're not just talking about uh, the backsider trainers. We're talking about uh, guys making bets that took tough beats or or maybe um, <laughs> got lucky um, in more way than one. There's... Um, so many stories about about this business, about racing, and even the sales and, and the betting aspects. And, and there are just so many uh, characters involved. Maybe there's not as many characters as in the past when racing was a little bit of a different um, business. But there's still so many people out there that are interesting, that have interesting um, pasts. They've have stories that uh, haven't been heard because we constantly get the same old, same old from the same old, same old, and it's gotten old. There's a lot of people out there that have things to say. There's a lot of people out there that don't have much of a voice. I'm not saying that I'm going to become the voice of the downtrodden or anything like that, but... What I really want to do is is keep an open mind and uh, take feedback and listen to the people who might happen on this podcast and and listen to them in respect to what they want to hear, what's the content they want to hear. I am not qualified, though I've had virtually every job in this business, um... I was assistant racing secretary, I was a groom, hot walker, never an exercise rider, uh, trainer, assistant trainer to many famous trainers, much more famous than I. Uh, I've bred horses, I've sold horses at auction, I've bought way too many horses at auction. Um, I've raced all over the world, we've been uh, to Europe to buy horses, we were in Hong Kong racing horses, um, I've been to just about every track on the East Coast, at least raced once. We came, uh, we did run Hollywood Park, RIP Hollywood, and um, at uh, Del Mar as well. And Pval left the rail. Guy hasn't left the rail in 20 years. But he left the rail, and Greg's gold beat me up the inside. But that's a story for another day. Um, what I really want to. I really want feedback. I want people to tell me what it is that they like, that they don't like. And if I get to rambling on somewhat, this is a podcast, so you can fast forward. But um, the one thing I think that's missing in our sport these days is, um, is uh, how do I put this without insulting people? Though I don't really care if I insult people. But I want to say it in the proper manner. We we don't we get a lot of fluff. We get a lot of bullshit. We get a lot of 
um, we don't have very much real media anymore. And that's not denigrating anyone. It's just that if you're working for a major newspaper, other than New York Times, where you can just say whatever you want, you can uh, be held to some journalistic standards. And as such, the reporting um, wouldn't just be the release of press releases, which is kind of sometimes what passes for reporting these days, where you're looking on a, on a website online, and they don't have a whole lot of uh, reporters, really. Um, so the news that they get a lot of times comes from those who are crafting that news, i.e. PR pieces. Uh, erasing, actually, from that standpoint, the public relations offices at most tracks have been pared down dramatically, um, unfortunately, because, like many other businesses, we see cuts, 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 and trying to stay profitable in a very tough environment, business environment, it hasn't been easy. And uh, the media has changed. I mean, clearly, nowadays, we're talking on social media. We're getting our uh, our information fast and furious, sometimes uh, directly from the scene, not from professionals, but from people like uh, everyday people who just happen to be somewhere with a cell phone and a camera. Um, racing... Uh, doesn't have a whole lot of in-depth reporting, and this certainly isn't going to be an in-depth reporting place. I am not a media professional whatsoever, but what I mean when where I'm going with this tangent is that there's so many really, really cool people and really interesting stories that just don't really seem to have a place to be heard, and we're going to try to do that. Um, one of the things I really wanted to do too is, is to try to educate people. Horse racing has done a horrific job over the last however many years, 30, 40, 50, 100, of actually making clear why things are done. And nowadays, we don't even do a very good job of telling people what is being done, but there's a lot of um, a lot of things that are left unsaid, and I'm not just speaking about people who aren't, you know, quote unquote, in the business, because a lot of people in the business have no clue what's going on. It's a very fragmented business. It's it's a very interesting, unique setup with horse racing in that we have so many various um, groups that are not totally related to other ones. But we all need to be here in order to make this work. Meaning, the breeders, the consigners, the horse sale companies, the jockeys, the trainers, the owners, the horse track owners. Um, we're all represented almost in different, we have different needs and, and different requirements. And um, a lot of times one segment doesn't really understand or you know get what the issues with another segment is um 
most of us don't have that much direct involvement with jockeys issues and certainly they have their own issues like everyone else uh as a trainer i can say without a doubt that track management a lot of times doesn't understand the issues that we are complaining about um certainly other segments of the industry don't totally understand where we're coming from and we don't understand where they're coming from and i think that it's important to try to get um more detailed information as to why things are like they are why people think that like they do and why um people support certain uh, certain aspects of their um job profession that seem contrary to what other people would would think is is proper so basically that's just a long way of saying that uh, a lot of people in this business don't know what the hell's going on either including me so it's not like i'm an expert on everything but i've dabbled in so many different areas and i have confidants and people that i trust and people that will tell me the truth and some of them aren't going to be willing to come on here and tell the truth and you're going to have to get the information secondhand and that's just the way it is and you can choose to believe or not believe but uh, i mean we're not talking about the uh you know where jimmy hoff was buried or anything exciting like that we're talking about why uh, why sometimes decisions made by tracks that seem a little odd to the rest of us are made and and sometimes it's it's because there's you know they have valid reasons that they're making them and maybe they don't want to share that valid reason publicly at that time but um everything is always not what it seems and i think that uh i'd like to try to at least bring up some of these topics that people have questions about and and try to find answers for them and true answers not just you know cover your ass kind of Hey, uh, you know, we're all for safety and blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, who's not for safety? I'm going to take a little break. And when I come back, I have my very first topic that I want to broach. It's uh, it's something that um, I think the people in the business don't have a great self-awareness about. But uh, I'm going to talk about it, so... Be back in a minute. Welcome back to Going in Circles. The name Going in Circles came from my friend George Weaver, who uh, in a discussion one day, this was years and years ago, said to me, well, when you really think about our lives, they're dependent on farm animals running around in circles. And uh, I guess when it it's broken down to that point, it, it's not that untrue. Um, what I wanted to talk about today is the idea that uh, from within the industry, industry participants, that somehow racing doesn't get the proper amount of respect and that we've missed out on this huge opportunity to show the world uh, how great we are and, and uh, 
we could have had this great marketing plan and got all these people to jump on board and start betting and and I just think that um, they're missing the point. We're not a major sport. When an article is written about the major sports returning, what's going on at Gulfstream in Oak Lawn and Tampa outside of a couple races or a couple days isn't a major sport. Thursday racing at Tampa Bay is not a major sport. It's not, it just isn't. Most of the racing in our country is not major sport status worthy. To be a major sport, you have to have, number one, interest. There has to be compelling interest in it from the people that follow it. And our day-to-day racing just doesn't have that much compelling interest outside of gambling. Interestingly enough, gambling is something that the leaders of our business, not all of them, but some of them, have consistently tried to deflect attention from for years and years. Why? I I have no idea. This sport, this industry, this business, whatever you want to call it, it's it's attractive to people who are risk takers. Buying a horse is a risky investment. If you don't think so, ask your financial advisor. Tell him you want to go spend a bunch of money on thoroughbreds, not put it in bonds, and see what he says. Gambling, betting on the races, certainly requires risk. It's a risk taker. You're you're putting your money up to try to to try to make money. Obviously. Um, it, Everyone takes a risk. It, it's people, uh, the jockeys, uh, exercise riders. They're, they're risking their health, doing their jobs. Um, trainers, they they risk their what sanity they have left. Only kind of kidding, but hey, you know we put a tremendous amount of money up as trainers for a very, very, very small return. Um, it's it's a risky business, and it and it attracts people that are are not risk averse the people that are, are are willing to take chances and why they want to not attract those type of people or not market to those people not not point to those people that has always been something that never really um it never really resonated with me and maybe because I wasn't born into the industry I wound up evolving uh, into a racing person because at, at a young age because I grew up in Saratoga and my dad used to bring me to the track a harness track, the thoroughbred track you know, tracks around the country um, so I, I wasn't a person that was born into it but at a young age I, I, I could certainly see the the aspect of gambling was uh, the main attraction and sure you know, you're in Saratoga, the winner of the Travers, and the, that race is a huge race, the Derby, the Triple Crown, the, the big events are big events, and, and those are top-notch sporting events, no doubt about it, but there's very few of them. Um, if you look at the Olympics, when the Olympics are on, well, now every other year, the way they do it, uh, we see huge ratings for sports that are not major sports um gymnastics in the summer olympics gets huge ratings figure skating in the winter olympics gets huge ratings yet non-olympic years 
no one pays much attention to those sports at all. It's just uh, kind of like our, 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 our business, our, our game, that outside of big stake days, the, the sports media really takes a pass on us. And honestly, I can't blame them. There's not a whole lot of um, interesting things going on, at least from a, a, a topical point of view, on a, on a Friday afternoon at Gulfstream or a, a Thursday at Tampa or a, a Wednesday at uh, at Belmont. There, there's just mundane races, and they're not all that exciting. And there's, unfortunately, the only news that we seem to generate on those kind of days is, is bad news when horses get hurt. So we have to kind of re-examine and ask ourselves, why are we so afraid to be labeled a gambling venture? Um, there's casinos all over the place. Sports betting is, is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, and I fear that sports betting is something that is going to really take away from from our market share. And I don't know how to measure it. Um, someone much smarter than me would, would have to be able to crunch the numbers and, and tell. But um, the one thing about our business is that uh, we we don't operate as efficiently as other businesses in the sporting world. Meaning, we don't do a great job of explaining what's going on. Uh, the rules, the so many things. Um, I mean, for instance, everybody knows uh, what a catches in the NFL. And for a while, it got a little questionable. But they made changes to the rules, and we all know the terms, the the process of the catch, the two feet in bounds. Um, you know, we all know pass interference, what it's supposed to be. And, 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 and people know the rules much better than they know them in horse racing, where we have incidents on the tracks that one day go one way and one day go another way. And that's not to say that there aren't officiating problems in, in other sports. There certainly, there clearly is. But we've kind of fallen prey to this idea that um, uh, everything should be the same across the board. And the problem is so much of, of our business is um, our, our racing, our adjudicating fouls on the racetrack are it's it's personal your your opinion versus my opinion and you know we have different rules in different jurisdictions but um you know there's different rules in, in football too in college football if a receiver has one foot in bounds uh it's called considered a catch in, in pro football it's two feet in bounds and no one says, well, the game sucks because the guys, they're allowing people to catch the ball with only one foot in bounds. In horse racing, we get that a lot. Um, but the history of, of sports, every kid that follows baseball knows who Babe Ruth is. They know who Mickey Mantle is. They know who Willie Mays is. They know who Hank Aaron is. Even though they haven't ever seen him play. I never saw a, a Mickey Mantle play. At least that I recall, 
I know who he is. I can recite his stats. I know who he played for. I know the whole history of him. Um, the NFL, you know, people know about the Steel Curtain and the and the, the great Green Bay Packers teams of the 60s and the undefeated season of the Dolphins and, and things that happened years and years ago. There's, there's a sense of history about it. Our sport, we don't have any history at all. I mean, it's, it's, how do you, there's, there's so little video available before maybe the 90s, I guess, is, is really, if you go on YouTube, you can look up a lot of races from the 90s. So there's a lot of races that aren't, that aren't there. Um, we're not even able to access, um, past performances of historical horses which is ridiculous i mean it's 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 nuts that i can look up stats on i i can look up individual box scores from the 1920 american league but i can't look up the pp's of secretariat it's it's trouble to me it's it's always bothered me and and i think it does a great disservice because one of the things that we we just don't do is 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 we don't talk about our history and people don't know that much about it and it's a shame it's a shame because honestly there was a lot of great ideas and a lot of things that made the game great back in the day that we've kind of gotten away from that we might want to try again but um it's tough to find people that that have a great sense of history. And, you know, you're trying to recall races from 40 years ago. Certainly details um, uh, don't exist, and, you know, you, you, you get things mixed up. And and it's just sad to me that a, a sport that's completely dependent on data doesn't even have the data available for, at the very least, the, the, the historical significant horses, the great horses of the past. It's a, it's a shame, and is it going to translate into a single dollar of handle? Probably not, but it does legitimize us more as a sport if we do have a better sense of, of what's going on, the great horses of the past, the great trainers of the past, the, the great races of the past, um, especially when horses now are campaigned so lightly and uh, seem to be... Um, uh, take handled with kid gloves because they're you know investments. They're not just racehorses anymore. They're they're investments, and uh, it's not that this like I said, it's not going to solve the problems of the world. It's not going to make racing uh, handle go up. It's it's not going to bring crowds back. But it would be nice if we could uh, we could spend a little more time looking back at the history of the sport and trying to educate people. Uh, there's been some really great books written in the last 10, 15 years about some of the, the great horses of the past. Uh, I know the Blood Horse had a series. Steve Haskin did a couple. Um, Jennifer Kelly just did a, a, a book about uh, Sir Barton. Um, Peter Lee did a great book about uh, Spectacular Bid. So there are the, some some resources available but uh we don't promote them we don't talk about them it's 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 um it's uh it's just too bad because 
um, you know, those who, uh, what's the old saying, those who uh, fail to learn from history are doomed to repeat it, something like that. Well, we don't even know our own history in this business, so that's a problem. Anyways, I don't want to carry on too long, and uh, I hope that you've enjoyed listening to me ramble, and I've got a couple ideas about some podcasts coming up this week. Uh, I'm going to try to release these things on days that are a little slower, um, certainly not on uh, on Saturdays where there's a lot of actual racing action. You don't need to listen to my, my, my insanity, but... Um, If you have any ideas, suggestions, uh, you can reach out to me at um, goingincirclespodcast.gmail and leave some some feedback. If you don't like me or you don't like it, you can tell me. I don't really care. I'm a big boy. Um, But uh, any suggested uh, people that I reach out for, um, if you have questions, just send me an email at... uh, like I said, going in circles podcast.gmail.com and uh, we'll try to address them. All right, well, have a good day.